All right. So everybody ready to uh, pull the trigger, as it were? I'm ready. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Beast Wars podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. Today we are pulling the trigger on the trigger, part two. Previously on Beast Wars, uh, there was this floating island, and it had a big Washington monument that fired laser beams at anybody using an energy weapon, and Tigatron is stuck on it, and the Predacons are also heading for it. Also, Megatron explicitly does not trust Black Arachnia at this point. No. And spoilers, good idea, Megatron. Yeah. yeah. Bad idea, sending Scorponok. <laughs> well, who else yeah. is going to send, to be honest? You know, Waspinator. <laughs> I'm Mothnader and Scorponok are the only two who are explicitly loyal to Megatron. Well, yeah. Scorponok is explicitly loyal. Waspinator kind of is just, he's in charge, he don't really care. Yeah. He probably would have sent Waspinator if Waspinator hadn't just been shot down by a cloud. Yes. <laughs> and Which even then, that's... Probably that's happens to him somewhat regularly. That's kind of a lateral move in terms of competence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying he didn't send him because that was indicative of incompetence. I'm saying it was because he was under repair. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Incidentally, about the recap, were the pixelation effects on Tigatron's video feed that strong in the first episode? I think, I think so. They were. They were pretty strong. Yeah. I didn't go back and watch it again, and of course there was some time between watching the two episodes, so I don't recall offhand. But sure were... it was the, still the same 16-bit one thing. Yeah, like I said, um, you know, Scorponok has upgraded his Cyberbees video from convenience store uh, video uh, surveillance camera to 16-bit video game. Yes. I, I did think it was very clever for them to use Tigatron's broadcast from the end of the last episode as the recap. Yes. Although they didn't seem confident enough to leave it at that because they have Tigatron monologuing immediately afterwards. Well, yeah. yeah. But still. To nobody it... but the camera. Well, I guess <laughs> now, you know, this is sort of Tigatron's, like, how he feels about this place. Like, it's... Yeah. He really likes it there. Yeah. He does. But there's some bad stuff going on that they need to be concerned about. Yes. And also it's a, it's a metaphorical butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> I love the metaphorical butterfly. I think it needs a wiki entry. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so he's, uh, he's got Air Razor, who is injured and cannot fly, riding around on his back. We're, uh, we're shipping these two pretty hard at this point. <laughs> My ship! I, I ship these two pretty hard. Uh, actually, just this past week, uh, I have a very old, like, ten-year-old laptop I was about to see if anybody wanted to pay thirty bucks for. And But it was the last piece of hardware that I had with a working floppy drive. So I got out all my old floppy disks to copy them over and put them on a CD. Hey, don't copy that floppy. <laughs> oh, I copied those <laughs> floppies. And and I found that I had written, like, a, a fairly short little little character study of that ship, you know, like, back in 1997. <laughs> 
that was that was among the the other files that like had titles that could only be eight characters. Oh, uh, I remember taking files from computers that could do better to ones that couldn't, and <laughs> everything being tilde one, tilde two, tilde three. Yes, oh. yes, I had some of those on there too. Oh. So yes, this is a a noble and ancient ship here. Yeah, but uh, Air Razor hops up on Tigertron really weirdly. Like she gets on him side saddle. Yeah, I mean, Falcons... She's Yeah, she's a bird. She's not really built for riding things. Her legs look really weird, too. Yes, they do. And I think a lot of it is just that, you know, her her beast mode is not really made to move like we are used to sentient bipedal creatures moving. Yeah, normal birds. And and also, she's really big. She's the same size as Tigatron, which is Weird to have a tiger and a falcon the same size. Yes. Oh, crap. You need, mean we need to animate her walking and not just flying? I never planned for this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like you're going to see that much footage out there of falcons walking around. This is true. They'll oh. usually be flying. I, I did manage to spend a good chunk of the spring watching my city's local falcon cam. Watching some cute little fluffy baby falcons hatch, and yeah, they don't really walk around very aggressively. Most most birds that aren't like pigeons just sort of hop. Yeah. (laughs) Ravens can do a pretty good strut. Onto a a pair of characters who we are definitely not shipping, Scorponok and Black Arachnia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They stumble upon one of the traps, uh, which is, in this case, a literally bottomless pet. But luckily, thanks to one of this show's patented character falls towards the camera and then is caught shots, uh, she survives via webbing. Yes. And then Scorponok says, have a nice trip, because man loves his dad jokes. (laughs) It does In Scorponok fashion, it doesn't even make sense in this context. She didn't trip, she fell. Exactly. That only works if you trip and fall. Yes. The ground just came out from under her. It doesn't even. Yeah, he he just he really been wanting to use that one, so he felt that was a good enough. That was the best chance he was likely to get he's, today. He's been waiting for somebody to trip for weeks. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Dinobot said it to him back before they left Cybertron, and he'd been waiting ever since to try to do it oh, man, to someone else. Oh, man, it was like uh, George Costanza trying to come up with uh, try, an excuse to use his jerk store comeback. And and after she gets back up, Black Arachnia explains, oh, this symbol on a rock means there's a trap here, which we figured out last episode. And she does a lot of posing with her little pedipalps arms. Yes. Yes. And also she doesn't explain to Scorponok. (laughs) She doesn't explain that to him. No. Uh, she explains to the audience. I don't think Scorponok yeah. was paying attention. I mean, it's, yeah, he, it's, he was trying to come up with the next comeback. It's. <laughs> I guess that's why he can't be bothered to figure out things like that on his own. No. And she also figures out that the uh, the big obelisk is the source of the island's power. Oh, it has some pretty great music. Oh, I, yep. I, I do love the, you know, ominous chanting 
alien music on this. It is. It's, because, you know, spoilers, true. this was made by the, uh, the aliens. Yes. Back from uh, Chain of Command. Yes. Mysterious aliens. Anyway, meanwhile, the Maximals have mounted a rescue mission, and that rescue mission consists of Optimus Primal with Rat Trap on his back. <laughs> I, I feel sorry for Rat Trap, because he's obviously having to keep his tail straight so that it doesn't get burned off. Yeah. Like, yes. yeah and his little ears are just flapping about in the breeze. He's getting a lot of wind burn. Yep. Rat Trap's beast mode is just so adorable. Yeah. It is. It so is. I like Optimus's explanation. The f- primary reason you're coming along is that you're the only one I could carry this far. The secondary reason is we need a rogue. Yes. Yes. Right. I, I like that he, he says they're going to be booby traps and no one knows traps like rat trap. Like My thought was also no one knows boobies like rat trap. <laughs> well, we will uh, see that later in the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, about that. So, so so far in this episode, is that is that why uh, is that why Megatron sent Black Arachnia? Maybe, maybe, because he figured nobody knew booby traps like Black Arachnia. So far in this episode, there's a lot of Maximals riding other Maximals. Yes, although sadly, I mean, I I I know that Rattrap is the only one he can carry this far. I I want to know if there's like a shorter distance where he could carry Rhinox. (laughs) (laughs) You know that waterfall next to the Axelon. There you go. Just like a big sack of potatoes. Dinobot <laughs> refuses to be carried. Dinobot will have no part of this. Cheetor probably would enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess as we'll see the next season, he does enjoy flying. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, Waspinator and Pterosaur attack. Yes. Meanwhile, Just uh, after whilst... they give a convenient explanation for whether communication systems will work in this episode when they didn't in the last one. Yeah. The answer, lasers. <laughs> Yay! Green That's lasers. my favorite explanation. Green lasers in like, Primal's chest. Communication that, lasers. That Rhinox says are like ultraviolet or something? Or infrared? Yeah. Something infrared. that's not green, anyway. Ultra green. Mega <laughs> green. Sir, or not, uh, was it? Chartreuse. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, Wasman and Pterosaur get there. They, uh, they attack. We actually have a pretty cool aerial battle here. Yeah, it's pretty well. Reasonably good in that the primal gets shot, so he's falling, and then of course Rat Trap falls, and it's a nice free fall fight. Fight that. Um, how high up were they? Yeah, it's it's like Point Break. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the, the scene in Point Break that's like what three minutes long, and there's you have to talking be... to each other audibly the whole time. <laughs> that part's impossible. Well, these are robots, so you let that part fly, but they're they're falling for minutes. And they would have to be in low Earth orbit to be falling that far. Yeah, it's it's really cool choreography, but nothing actually makes sense. I mean, no, but trap, looks... you know, he kind of like the flesh kind of spreads out, so he's got some wind resistance there. He's like a flying squirrel. Yep. Yeah, I could see that. He's got the big flaps on his back. And we're also getting some great Gary Chalk screams here. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. I blame oh, Rat Trap for Optimus okay. getting shot in the first place. He should be. He shouldn't have been climbing on top of Optimus's face while they were being shot at. Waving his hands around. I know what your hands look like, Rat Trap. Yeah. We all live in the same place. I've seen parts of you I'd rather not see. <laughs> oh. Anywho, um, as Rat Trap is falling, Pterosaur flies towards him and starts shooting at him, and and then Rat Trap does a big. Oh wait, or did he see the 
His big eyes when they get shot. No, he, he does the big eyes when he sees Pterosaur coming in, who's just going to taunt him a little. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And That's surprise, Pterosaur is an idiot. Also, apparently, chin. pterodactyls are great at hovering. Oh, yeah, yeah that, that's weird. Pterosaurs <laughs> manages to be flying and falling at the same time and gets close enough to flick Rat Trap's nose, at which point Rat Trap takes advantage of him by transforming and shooting him. Yes. Yes. And then hijacking him. Yeah, Pterosaur transforms back and Rat Trap lands on him, and, and that's when Pterosaur's eyes get big. Like, it's become a Roadrunner cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Looney Tunes is heck. This is pretty great, though, and I, and I like Primal's reaction of, uh, you know, he sees Rat Trap riding a commandeered enemy pterodactyl, and he's just, oh, that Rat Trap. How else do you respond to that? I suppose yeah. there's that. Meanwhile, back on Flying Island, Aries and Tigertron have not figured out uh, what those uh, tr- what those symbols mean yet, and they get stuck in a- another trap, this time of the classic Hanna-Barbera action cartoon variety. It's yeah, closing we- wall. <clears throat> Which does show, this, this is the third or so time that Tigatron has seen those symbols, and yet Black Rachnia figures it out in one. Well, he's not... Tigatron doesn't figure it out until Air Razor sees Black Rachnia telling <laughs> oh, yeah, Scorponok about it. Yeah. And he's, also, I mean, he, he's working under the impression that this is a paradise, whereas yeah. Black Rachnia's working under the impression that this is like a island full of deadly traps with a giant laser gun that we're going to steal. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. really seems like the more reasonable approach, but well, yeah. it turns out yes. Yeah, I love that Black Rachnia called Scorpion Shellhead. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, had they stuck with uh, with Tigatron's take on things, maybe a lot of things continuing in the meta plot could have been avoided. Black Rachnia, thanks. Yeah. Well, yes. Uh, and yeah, Tigatron takes advantage of the. Uh, Blast firing obelisk to get them out of the trap, which which looks pretty cool. I have to yeah. admit. So at yeah. least that's clever. If he's not going to be clever enough yeah. to notice the little symbols, he's probably just thinking like, "Oh, those are some nice little hieroglyphics," and not like connecting them because he's too in awe of everything being so great and wonderful. But at least he was clever enough to to do that. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah, and now uh, now. Primal and Rattrap have arrived on the island, although uh, Rattrap unfortunately loses his ride via encounter with a tree branch. <laughs> and Pterosaur is making the best cackling as he flies off. <laughs> yeah. Stupid and Pterosaur. Primal and Rattrap land basically next to Airazor and Tigatron. And it's at this point that I noticed like a lot of the body movement animations in their animal modes were really weird this episode. Yeah, but like, like everything seems slightly unhinged. Like they're moving in different ways. Like, um, oh, what is it? Skeletoning they do with models. How yeah, but like, it was like they they lost some of the programming for how to move animate the animals. At least for this part and earlier in the episode, possibly the whole episode. It just they were moving weird. Like Primal's arms seemed to be bending in different spots, and Rat Trap's spine kept wibbling. And they have, so, maybe it's part of the same thing that got us like Rat Trap Eye Bulge. Yeah. Just trying to yeah, expand man. out into more Looney Tunes-y animation in 3D, and uh-huh. I don't think the experiment worked, but... Yeah. I like the Eye Bulge part, but... Anyway, Rat Trap has almost Im- immediately figured out what the deal with this island is, and it turns out he's about 100% right. 
Yeah, yeah. he realized, oh, we're in a video game level. He's pretty yeah. clever in, in that. I mean, it's exactly up his alley, given yeah. that it's, you know, full of traps and boobies. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's basically, it's, a, it's intended to lure in intelligent species and then test them for some unknown but probably sinister purpose. Yeah, he saw that episode of Babylon 5. Well, sure. <laughs> Meanwhile, unfortunately, the Predacons have now reached the obelisk, and Black Arachnia cons uh, the flyers into firing on her and thus getting zapped by the island, allowing her to uh, blast her way into this thing while it's still recharging. You know, I, I like that... Uh... It's a it's a great idea, but it's kind of amusing that Scorp that Scorpnock is just totally okay with this. It, <laughs> it's just it, like it just okay. kind of happens too fast for his little brain. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, on the other hand, the one who gets shot, and really the one who would most obviously be the one to respond and get shot, <laughs> is Terrorsaur. And I imagine yeah. that Scorponok, having been told to go the, go there and keep an eye out on things for Megatron, is not really going to consider Pterosaur being taken out of the picture that great a loss. Yeah, but, no. but Waspinator ends up being collateral damage from the beam, and then he calls a Pterosaur pterodactyl idiot as yes. they're falling. Yes. But but yeah, it, it amuses me that Scorponok just was okay with this plan. Yes, and... Notably, Black Arachne is super hamming it up when she's, uh, you know, oh, yeah. turns on her comic and talks about betraying, uh, you know, the Flyers. And then she just keeps hamming it up for the rest of the episode. Yeah. She's <laughs> yes. gone, oh, yeah. gone full supervillain, and, and she calls Scoop, Scorponok shit in cheeks. Yes. It's a little, <laughs> little science for the kids out there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she's... Uh, yeah, she gets in, although I wonder, why did she even have to blast her way in? There are stairs leading up to what appears to be a door. Yeah, but was there, th- there were stairs on the inside, but was there any actual entrances on the outside? There are definitely stairs on the outside, so I would assume those stairs are leading up to something. Uh, Maybe the door was locked. Yes, yeah. I forgot the keys. I had to shoot the lock off. I did find, especially once they get inside, too... Especially once they get, got inside, and I realized that this is something that would not have been able to have influenced it because this was something that came later. But I really felt that the obelisk ended up feeling like a very like Warcraft scourge sort of thing, sort of building. That's kind of remind me. I thought the entire mm-hmm. island when they did the overhead shot in this one looked very reminiscent of Crossroads and the Barrens. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, admittedly, part of the problem with that is probably that they're running on the same kind of modeling hardware at point that, you know, would be mass-produced ten years later. Uh, but, but yeah, it had a very sort of... It, it also had that very kind of Warcrafty feel. And, you know, we know that Chris Metzen was a big Transformers fan and is a big Transformers fan. So maybe, maybe mm-hmm. there was some of that influence. I don't know. The, the inside kind of reminded me of like all castles in Ultima games with machinery stuck inside. Mm-hmm. And, and now it seems that this is where the texture quality goes way up. Apparently, this is where they put all their time inside the tower instead of. Yeah, it's being powered by like a weird brain engine thing. It was very pretty. Oh, it looks bizarre. Yeah, and and yes. the, the textures on the on the floor are really nice. And it does look believably alien. Yeah. Yeah. It's got all those symbols, and uh, 
yeah, it just seemed very Warcraft scourgey to me. So once once they get in there, she starts talking about how she will claim its power, destroy the Maximals, and rule the Predacons. Uh, <laughs> totally forgetting that Scorponok is right there. Yeah. yeah. Well, Maybe she just didn't care. I mean, he's got, you know, claws full of missiles and, you know, robot bees. You can't just missiles totally forget him. Yeah. Missiles with Predacon symbols on them. That's right. And so, you know, he's, he reveals that, oh, yeah, Megatron sent me here to, you know, you'd get us this far, and then I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Or blast you or whatever, because people don't really die permanently uh, yet on this show. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> We're getting there. We're Usually getting there. only in... Uh, season enders or season beginners or, or very special episodes. Yes, very special episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, luckily, she talks him into backing up right into one of those symbols, and then he falls through another one of those bottomless pits. Yeah. I love the implication of this because they're like up a bit into the tower, like they're not on the ground floor, but it's only like one floor thickness before it's just open that sky. Yeah, th- this giant floating yeah. island is almost paper thin. But yeah. he doesn't actually fall. He falls and gets stuck, and then she kicks his claw, and he falls. Well, he kind of, you know, grabs onto the ledge, and yeah. then she kicks him. Because he's so, in mode. So despite falling from this height, he's, you know, spoilers, he turns up alive later. Not this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Not and I guess he hit his head badly enough to forget that the whole betraying him thing? Maybe. <laughs> He may not have very long memory. Who knows? Yeah, and we know that yeah. he gets sort of traumatized when he gets uh, whacked on the head, so he might just have not be able to communicate it adequately to Megatron. Aw, now I feel bad for him. Aw. <laughs> so I like that once Scorponok is, is dealt with in Black Arachnia, so Black Arachnia goes and finds what looks like a control room, and she does what any wise Dungeons and Dragons group would do and steps into the obvious magical pentagram, or in this case, octogram. Because that's what you do. You see it, and you, you look at it a little bit, and then you just you just try it out. Yeah. Well, it turns out it works, because it gives her a power-up repaint and a deeper voice. Yeah, somehow she's more of a black repaint than she already is. She's got silver in place of the gold, and the, the uh, Predacon symbol on her collar turns purple. Yeah. She's now like Insecticon colors. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's a deliberate homage. No, but... At this point, probably not, but... Yeah. She still keeps a little gold, which is kind of weird. Yeah, her claws and... And her face. Like her lower part of her face. Well, there we go. There's there's a repaint that we can hope for for the... uh, That's the piece of black arachnia. Yeah. Yeah, which has always been a weird thing. She's got the two-part face where the top half is a mask that doesn't move and the bottom half is her mouth. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess they kind of ran with that on Transformers Animated, where she was actually wearing a helmet that concealed her gross bug face. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, gross bug face. Yay, animated. <laughs> anyway, she, she's all, I feel the power, and then, then let there be light and, and other biblical folk. Stuff. She says, let there be light, and then immediately the sky goes dark. I don't think it's cooperating. <laughs> yeah. I I like, so so this beam goes out, and it comes up and meets, it, it goes out from each of the four sides of the obelisk, and then comes up, and they meet at the top, and then basically the sky falls away. Mm-hmm. And I find it interesting, we've already, we, we can figure out because this island was floating through the Arctic, the conveniently located Arctic, 
and it was all nice and warm and, you know, utopian inside. So you have to assume it has some sort of its its own atmosphere going on. But then when the sky comes down and falls away, apparently the atmosphere around the island also, like, creates its own time of day. Because suddenly it falls away and outside it's night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that kind of does sort of make sense. Because after this, she just starts firing wildly at the energy beam. But before that, it took a while for the energy beam to recharge. So presumably shutting down the atmosphere dome conserves energy enough to keep shooting all the time. No, it's a separate system. But plants still need a proper day-night cycle. You can't have this lush greenery without a proper day-night cycle. (laughs) She still doesn't have control of the big energy cannon. It still responds to Rat Trap blasting the boulder that his leg gets trapped under later by automatically shooting at him oh. with the big obelisk laser. Yeah, but but it has other gun, weapon, shooty things. Yeah. Obelisk. Just main cannon is on a separate power system. So yeah, so she is hightailing it to the maximal base. Primal sends the order to evacuate. Yeah. Uh, Rhinox makes sure to get out of there with his favorite houseplant. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, the that was so weird. Yeah, I love it. Code one emergency equals Rat Trap has to save a flower, which I don't know why it's there, but it's funny. Rhinox loves that flower. Yeah, he's like uh, he's like Leon, the professional. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed that Dinobot didn't have a dino head pelt over his head on <laughs> That he's evacuating uh, with. Uh, I, I do find it interesting that... With Black Rachnia, her her big scheme that she goes after the Maximals first because I would have expected her to go after the Predacons first and well, then go to the Maximals. Presumably they're just closer. Also, maybe that will help. Like maybe Terrasaur will be on her side and Waspinator after she kills the Maximals first. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. show of She's power, claim of legitimacy. I mean, yeah. it, this is weird for her because this kind of comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know earlier that she was, you know, somewhat untrustworthy, mm-hmm. but she wasn't full on megalomaniacal supervillain before, and she really isn't any time after this either. Yeah. Well, well, she learned her lesson here. Maybe. She was power hungry going in, so maybe the upgrade just accentuated that? Question mark. I mean, but I mean, she's pretty power hungry. You know, she's talking about power the whole time, even before she gets repainted. Yeah. It, it, it is kind of... It's finally showing her true colors. Again, question mark, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. could... Maybe she's having an arc like Pterosaur did, where she learns that maybe she needs to back off and chill out a little bit. I guess. Yeah. Be a little more subtle and or give up. I've had to deal with these idiots this long. Screw it. I'm going to blow up everybody. Yeah. Although, at, at this point is where I... I figured out exactly why the te- the textures on the island look so shit. It's mm-hmm. so they can have the textures on the island flying over the regular other backgrounds. So you can have them both uh, at the same time. I so they made them as crap as they could. So they can they didn't have to like downgrade it to yeah, they did it like animated that scale so that they could do the big action sequence at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. which looks good for the action sequence, but yeah. made it look kind of crap last episode. Yeah. Uh, I liked the maximal charge after Black Rachnia took over the obelisk. Yeah, that was neat. Especially yeah. Rat Trap complaining about how it's turning into a thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so after Rat Trap gets pinned down by debris, he uh, you know both distracts the uh, the laser and lets Tigatron get into uh, the base. 
by firing out at himself, which somehow frees him and doesn't, you know, blow him up. Well, it hits the rock that he's kind of behind and blows that up, yeah. and it should, in theory, probably at least blow off his leg, but no. And then Optimus is flying up in the air, looking like 30 feet away from the tower, just higher up, and he's just looking at Tigatron going and going, hell yeah! <laughs> and then Tigatron's got to blow up this weird brain engine thing. Well, of course, yeah. because it's symbolic. He is the one who wants paradise the most, so he must destroy it himself. And he must talk about how sad it is that he is doing this. Yep. And so it starts discharging energy, black arachnias, colors go away, and this thing just crashes. And the crash scene here is pretty neat. It's good. and ba- It flies over the maximal base, then it just keeps going and grinds into a mountain, and then yeah. just sort of falls over a ledge and clips into the ground and starts to break apart. It, yeah, chunks of polygons. It looks so good and so bad at the same time. Polygons just fly off everywhere. Yeah. But, like, half the island is sort of still intact, and then at the yeah. end, the tower just falls over. Yeah. I guess with Black Arachnia still in it. Yeah. Well, yeah, because she's screaming on, on the way down. Yeah. And so then it, uh, once it falls down, that uh, obelisk shoots another beam of energy into space where it hits another identical tower on one of the planet's moons, which then mm-hmm. shoots it into an unknown area of space. Yeah, it, it's like a transport <laughs> pole thing. Yeah. It's like, that can't be good. Mm-hmm. And then Rhinox is just all, what do you think that was about? Uh, it's not good. And also, Tigatron is going on about how it was a land of peace, but. Tigatron, that land of peace was full of deadly death traps. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was only a nice habitat for butterflies, and, and then the little little pentagonal Mothra flies in and, and paradoxically dies. Yeah. The metaphorical butterfly dies. It's very oh. sad. And that, yeah. that might have been the same butterfly throughout the entire two episodes, so maybe there's only one life form on that entire island aside from the trees. Oh, no, we saw oh, two God, butterflies. That was the alien that was in charge of oh. Also, I like to think that the message that it sent off into space just says, yep, these assholes broke it. Better blow them up. Season's almost over. Better just wipe the place and write it off. Yep. And so that is the trigger. It's it's okay. I'm not crazy about it. Yeah, I... Second part's definitely better than the first part. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it, it has, you, you know, probably skip the first part. And there's no terrible episode of Beast Wars, but this is yeah. lower tier. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you could skip the first part because the recap kind of covers everything you need. Mm-hmm. It's definitely one of the lower tier big meta plot episodes. Yes. Yeah. We will, we will have stuff with the aliens later on that is yeah. much better. And, it, and we will have other stuff without the aliens that is perhaps a bit worse. Yes. Yeah. yeah it, it's kind of nice to have the, the Predacons be really evil in this episode, and Black Rackney takes over and is, like, trying to murder everyone. But, uh, like, you're right. It is weird that it's Black Arachne at this point doing it. And this would even maybe make more sense for Tarantulas? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah, I don't but, think it would. I don't think Tarantulas cares about being in charge. No. Yeah, no, no it, yeah, you're right. It wouldn't work for tarantulas because it doesn't 
fit with Tarantulas' goals of being outwardly murdery yet. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and it doesn't fit with uh, Pterosaur, because he wouldn't be competent enough to do this in the first place. Yeah. yeah. Tarantulas doesn't really care if anyone's following him. He wants to be able to do his own thing and worry about himself. Like, you know, when Scorponok was given command, and he was like, all right, command, bye. <laughs> he wants loyal minions, and that seems to be about it. Yeah, this, yeah. this would almost work better if it was sort of a comedy setup, if it was Waspinator or Scorponok that got the power, and was like, hey, I'm going to go destroy the Maximals, but it doesn't quite work. Then Megatron will love me. Yeah, so yeah. Like that. What he really wants is his harem. <laughs> he wants his harem. Yeah. As we'll see in the next episode. Yep, stay tuned. Yes. Uh, Extra disturbing in that context. It's it's a very ambitious episode. Ah. And then at the end, they say we're just going to have to wait and see. Stay tuned for the end of the season, guys. Yep. All right, so I think... And do we have any other observations on uh, The Trigger Part 2? Um... One of my cats was watching it with me, and when the ending theme song came on, she was just staring at the screen with her ears back. <laughs> I mean, there's sort, sort of some animal noises in there. Yeah, yeah, I think it was the animal noises were just confusing the hell out of her, and, and she just kept watching as I went to the next episode. <laughs> my, my kitten was watching it at one point, but then he decided that he needed to take a nap. Which is fine, because he really just has the two settings, being a kitten. He's either off or he's on. Eventually there will be a third mode, but it takes a while. Yeah. So what was that symbol that kept showing up? Like it kind of looks like a like a guy, like a centaur maybe. It's it's weird. It's like two arms, a small body, tiny legs, and on one side holding what's basically a guillotine thing. It kind of looks like those things they fight with in that uh, Amok Time episode of Star Trek. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. a, a circle on one end and, and a half moon on the other, for, like chopping things, but there's no head. I don't. I mean, maybe it's a representation of some other alien species? Possibly? It's a weird symbol. That's what it is. And we know it's not these guys, uh, because we'll later see them, and spoiler, they don't look like that. Well, <laughs> well. Spoilers, didn't they, like, ascend to, like, non-corporeal forms before? Yeah, I assume they didn't start out as, like, oingo-boingo skeletons. Presumably they had an original body. Maybe that's kind of what they Maybe? Holding a weapon? I do really, I really like the, uh, the description of them in the notes on the TF Wiki, saying that they claim to possess a physical form no one could comprehend. This idea appears to have been dropped as floating skulls aren't that incomprehensible. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, who knows? Maybe that was their original form. Maybe 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 it was just some weird thing. Or it could have been another alien species happened upon Earth and, oh, here's a trap, I'll mark that, and just left. Mm. A fourth party, if you will. Maybe. Maybe, although the traps sort of seem to be, like, one use only. Yeah, kind of. Like, when that stone it, archway falls apart, I don't think it, you know, you'd have no, to send a guy it, to it, put it back together. Although, they did seem to not be there anymore after they went off, so maybe they automatically reset themselves due to... That's true. Good. Maybe the... the power Maximals, of the islands. Maybe the Maximals and the Predacons were the first ones to find it. Hmm. I mean, who else is going to find them on Earth? 
I'm, yeah. What do you mean? This isn't Earth? This is not Earth. Oh, spoilers. Spoilers. It's totally and not Later, Earth. we're going to see that there are some ape men on this planet, but they're not getting into this cloud island. No. Yeah. I mean, presumably they eventually would, and at that point, the message would be sent off. I mean, it, it seems pretty clear to me that the point of this island is to test for intelligent life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. inform the Vok when some sort of intelligent life show up. It uh, shows up it, and screws around. Yeah, whether it evolves naturally or whether it comes here. I guess the question is, what happens if an intelligent race finds it and doesn't screw it up? Well, then, then the maybe they're fine. That they have to come. you got to kick somebody's ass, kick them off our little plot of land. They're <laughs> missing about. We have squatters. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, maybe it just is interested in whether they're violent. Who knows? They are floating heads. All right. So, uh, remember that you can find the Stasis Pod. Uh, you can find us on, follow us on Twitter at, at Stasis Pod, or now on Facebook uh, at Stasis Pod, the Beast Wars podcast. And we are also hosted on IaconUnderground.net. Or if you prefer, you can download us on iTunes. And uh, while you're there, why not rate and review us? That would be great. And if you'd like to get in contact with us, ask us any questions, tell us your stories of that time you encountered an alien flying island, uh, please write into stasispodcast at gmail.com. You're also you welcome even... to share with us any of your old Airraiser Tigatron slash fic, or even just romantic, non-slashy fanfic. That we also might read on the air. Yeah. yeah. I mean, presumably, as long as it doesn't get too bad. Yes. Yeah, we don't want to get an explicit rating on... I, I mean, think we swear enough that we probably have I'm already. not going to complain. I am a professional romance editor, so... But others might complain. All right, so please join us next time when we play the Spiders game. So, for uh, the Stasis Pod, I've been Rob. I'm Jen. I used to be Alex. And I am still David. Mentioned the Tumblr. Ah, uh, you can get it next time. I'll get it next time. Yep. <laughs>
That 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 was way before Simpsons. I mean, Maximum Overdrive is also way before The Simpsons. Yeah, and also that movie came out in March. <laughs> oh. Okay. I used my fancy pen for taking notes. I just did I was, it on an iPad. I got. I was at Applebee's and I did it on an iPad while eating deep fried potato chips. I haven't gotten to use my fancy new pen enough because all of my projects are in the editing stages. And uh, your fancy new pen isn't red? I mean, I could put red ink in it, and I do have red ink thanks to a friend of mine who sent me just a whole bunch of ink samples, but I'm editing on computer. Oh, okay. Because... Obviously, you don't want it right all over your computer. No. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of be the digital result anyway. Yeah. It doesn't really do anything to the document. <laughs> 